With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to Masterclass, the Manchester United tactical podcast. I'm your host, Haydar Obani. I am so delighted to have David Amoyle here from the Couchland podcast. Fantastic, fantastic Serie A podcast. The reason why I actually got into Serie A, so it's a huge honour for me. David, we're going to talk about Conte today. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? It's a real pleasure to be on. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, Conte has been a favourite of mine for a very long time, so very happy to chat about him with you. So thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. And uh, guys, make sure you do check out David's podcast, Couchland Podcast. Give him a follow on Twitter as well. All of his at handles will be there in the description. David, let's just jump straight into it. Um, you know, as you know, this is a channel about tactics and systems. We like to talk about it in detail. We're not here for the sensationalism that you see on Twitter uh, regarding Conte. But um, let's just start with the basics. So what is Conte's style of, you know, style of play? What are his tactics? What are his systems? And why would he suit Manchester United? Because there's a lot of Manchester United fans who feel that he's defensive and he wouldn't suit, uh, you know, the Manchester United DNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, I've been following Conte. You know, I watched him as a player quite a bit. I was a big fan of him as a player. And then, you know, when he became a coach, you know, he struck me as someone that would be able to transition well from uh, coaching, from playing to coaching. And look, when Conte started, and, and he was more of a Serie B coach in Italy's second division, he was a pretty offensive-minded coach. He actually played what he called the 4-2-4 formation when he arrived at Juve, and Juve took a huge gamble. Uh, you know, when they hired him, they were coming off really a rough 
patch. They were looking for someone to re-energize the team. So he arrived at Juve and he started originally with four at the back. And then he adapted because he had three great center backs in Bonucci, Chiellini and Barzagli. And that three at the back formation kind of became, if you will, what he's known for. And he's kind of stuck with that. And, you know, I, I have a feeling he'd probably play a version of that wherever he goes next. But he did adapt to the squad that he had. Now, granted, he went to Inter, had three great center backs there. Uh, he developed Bastone, and we'll get into, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions with him and young players. And I think a lot of them come from the fact that when he was at Inter, he signed a lot of older players from Man United, but those were bench players. So in any event, um, you know, he had three great center backs at Inter build the team from that defense, but that Inter scored a ton of goals. I'm pretty, I, I could be wrong. I think last season they led Serie A in goals, or maybe Atalanta was slightly ahead, but they were a team that scored a ton of goals. Like Lukaku and Lautaro, he did use two strikers, uh, scored a lot of goals there. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that Conte is really known for tactically is the three at the back and how he uses his midfielders. I know Man United fans, and I certainly remember when Vidal was at Juve, how amazing he was and how much Man United wanted him. And I think Vidal was really the player that allowed Conte to transition from defense to offense. And he always says, you know, tactically, what he's trying to do is have um, – more players than opponents on the parts of the pitch that he wants. And a player like Vidal allowed him to do that at Inter. We saw that with Varela, who's kind of becoming pretty similar to what Vidal did for him. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's been pretty consistent. He's changed two strikers. Sometimes he'll have like a central striker and more wingers. We saw that a little bit about Chelsea, but I think he kind of like this 3-5-2 with two uh, up front. And I got to be honest, I, I know Man United fans, as far as the um, philosophy, uh, I get that Man United are an offensive-minded club. I think when they brought in Ole, they were kind of going back to that. I, I get all that. But look, Inter fans were really reticent to welcome Conte because of his Juve past. And Inter isn't a really defensive club either, maybe not so much as the other Serie A club. So there was a philosophy thing at Inter, too, that fans were against it. Like, why are you bringing in this Juve guy here? But guess what? Once Inter started winning, nobody cared about that anymore. I think you'd, sure, maybe you have a couple of holdout Inter fans. But once they started winning, once they started seeing how much he improved his players, uh, all that went out the window. I mean, when he arrived at Inter, people were like, oh, Skriniar can't play three at the back. Now, Skriniar went back to be one of the best defenders in Serie And, you know, they were like, oh, you know, maybe he can't develop uh, young players. Bastoni is probably going to be the guy who is going to be the main center back on Inter- Italy once Bonucci and Chiellini leave. He developed Bonucci. At Juve, uh, made him into like his deep lying playmaker from the back. Uh, and, yeah, and then he developed Barella. And then I would throw in that he also launched Pogba at Juve. And I think what's significant of that is he took a gamble on this really young player while having maybe the second or third best midfield in Europe. He had Vidal in his prime. Pirlo was still playing really, really well. And Marquise was a superb player before his last the injury, but Pogba was good enough that he's like, I got to get him in and I have to figure out how to use him. So one of the big misconceptions that he doesn't play young players, doesn't develop them. But if you look at the track record, 
I wouldn't say that's a fair criticism. That's a fantastic insight, David. And let's actually talk about the youth uh, development. Could you not have that tradition for youth development? Would Conte run the club with the academy at heart? Because obviously when you see his time at different clubs, he's only been there for a couple of years here, a couple of years there. Is he more sort of right? He's a two to three year uh, stint manager. He will get maximise as much as he can at squad. He'll win titles and then he'll go. Is he looking at the academy and thinking, right, OK, look, there's some fantastic young players that I can bring through and I can build a dynasty here? Yeah, look, um, it's interesting because I'm thinking of the teams that he managed in Italy. Juve, Marquisio is maybe the last player that was an academy player through and through that they developed. At Juve, there's really not so much a tradition of that. I think at Juve, they look at young players as more assets that you can flip on the transfer market. Uh, look, at Inter, Inter does have a good uh, youth team. I wouldn't say he launched a ton there, but again, he made Bastoni into a player for Italy and Barella. So I think he would adapt, obviously, and from everything I'm hearing, he's really excited by the idea of potentially coaching Man United. I think that's the job he circled. And I do think Conte does somewhat uh, adapt to the club that he goes. Now, is he someone who is going to be like Ferguson and stay 10, 15 years? My guess is probably not. But what I would say is this is also pretty common in modern football now. Um, Conte, I know we'll get into the ownerships after, but look, Conte felt that at Juve, he couldn't take him any further. He was a little bit burnt out too. Allegri kind of took him a step further, leaving the foundation that Conte left. And I think Inter's kind of in the same boat. Like they hired a manager that's pretty similar to him to build on what he did. So maybe if, if Conte goes to Man United, I could see him though staying longer because he wants a club that has resources that can help him win. And I think he's also looking for a club that could help him get over the hump in the Champions League. Because I'll tell you, of all the criticisms that I've read, all the things why Man, United's wouldn't, Man United fans wouldn't want Conte, the one that even I would admit is a fair criticisms this is struggles in the champions league the rest i would say everything else i've heard i i, I think you can work around there is a little bit overblown so i i think he would uh be as long as the young players are good he'll play them i mean that track record is certainly there i would go back to the fact that pogba was so good that he's like yeah okay i have a great midfield already let me figure out how i can add him into the mix no, that's, that's a great point. I do want to touch on um, the point you make about the owners. Let's move on to that, David. And uh, look, myself and you, we had we had, uh, we had that conversation on Twitter, didn't we? Where I said, look, this is about maybe a month ago. I don't want Conte here because he left Chelsea under a cloud. He left Inter under a cloud. Inter, to be fair, not so much. You mentioned about the owners and that, that is correct. I mean, could we see the same with Manchester United and the Glazers? Because the Glazers are... They're not people that have football at the forefront. You know, they're not the Manchester City owners. They're not, uh, you know, um, for example, Real Madrid's owners where football's at the forefront. And is there a situation where if Conte doesn't get the players he wanted, like he did at Chelsea after winning the title, he could turn around and walk? And does that put Manchester United into a into more of a, a negative position because obviously they've invested in the manager and then he's decided to walk because he hasn't got his way? So... What I would say is that there's no team that I can think of, and I would add and maybe not so much the Italian national team, but I'll say every club team that he had, I don't think you can say that even if he left in somewhat of a controversial manner, 
that they were left in disarray or the club was not better off for having Conte. I don't think there's any club that's like, you know what? Hiring Conte was a mistake. We shouldn't have done that, even though maybe they say, hey, you know, it would have been nice to have him a year or two more. I mean, let's look at Chelsea. When he got there, they weren't in the Champions League, wins the title. Second season, maybe not so great, but it's not like Chelsea struggled after Conte left. It's not like he left them in huge disarray. And I would say even two players that maybe originally people were like, oh, Conte is getting all these players that we'll be stuck with and don't work for another manager. I would say Rudiger has been really good uh, for Chelsea. And even Marcos Alonso, every year we're like, oh, he's going to get unseated. He won't play. And yet he's still there, even scoring some uh, big goals. So yeah, I think at Chelsea... They can say, well, you know, it wasn't so great when he left. But again, it's not like having Conte set them back. I mean, they won the Champions League not that long after he left. Uh, same with Juve. He left controversially. Like, he left, like, training camp and just started the summer preparation, and he quits right after a day there. But then guess what? Juve won six more Scudetti, six more Serie A titles, and they went to the Champions League final twice with Conte set off. No Italian team will ever even get to the semifinal, seeing how uh, football with money is now. And so I would say even if he leaves in maybe not the best terms, the club is not worse off. Right? Look at Inter now. I would say they're still the favorites to win the title in Serie A. They lose Conte, they lose Hakimi, and they lose Lukaku. But they still have a really good team. And, they have a, and their manager now is similar to Conte. So, yeah. Yeah, um, and the other thing, too, is I know a lot of Man United fans praise Ole for the players that came in on his watch, and I think that's fine. And Inter, he really pushed hard for Barella and Lukaku to arrive, and now Barella's maybe the best Italian player, period. And Lukaku, you know, arrived at Inter, delivered them a title, and then left for, you know, considerably more money than what Inter paid for him. And I think he would do... The same there. Look, there's no doubt that Conte is demanding and he puts pressure on the board. But I also see a lot of Man United fans saying, hey, we need someone like this that is going to get the Glazers for us to spend them. So I always say, you know, the older I get, the more I think that we're not really discussing like topics. We're discussing if we like someone or not. So if you like Conte, you're going to say, oh, this is someone who puts pressure on the boards and gets players. If you don't like Conte, you can say, well, this guy is disruptive with ownership. It's the same thing, but it just matters if you like Conte or not, if you're gonna, how you're going to use that argument. But I would just say if you have any doubt on Conte leaving on bad terms, ask yourself how his teams did after he left. And I can't think of one that was left in shambles. Uh, it wasn't better off for having Conte in the first place. Uh, it's a fantastic point. Uh, I want to touch on the Jose Mourinho point as well. The Jose Mourinho 2.0, David. Yeah, Jose yeah, Mourinho yeah. came to Manchester very United. Important. Yeah, this very is very important. important because this is what I'm seeing a lot. And I find that I've gone from... I didn't think he was Jose 2.0 because I'm a massive fan of uh, Antonio Conte. I loved the way he did at Chelsea. Loved the way he did at Inter. I just didn't think he would be a good fit in terms of stylistically. Um, but you've obviously debunked my theory as well or my views about the ownership because I do want to see someone pressure the owners. I feel for me at the moment, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a little bit too, you know, it's almost protecting them or, or not wanting yeah, to yeah. say, or putting a bit of pressure in public. Sometimes it's important to be able to put a bit of pressure in the right way. I think Conte could do that. But uh, this Jose 2.0 thing, is it is it absolute? Is it garbage? You know, is it a complete myth? Because 
The only thing well, I see similar to them is that they're both, you know, when Jose was younger, he, in some ways, you know, the, the personality reminds you of what Conte is. Oh, right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Look, um, <laughs> and this is probably going to scare Man United fans even more than the Mourinho thing. Like, one of Conte's role models was also Van Gaal, who I know was not very popular at United. So not only is there Mourinho 2.0, but he always admired Van Gaal's style for being dominant and arrogant. He described them that way. And he's like, oh, that's kind of how I want to be. But as far as the Mourinho 2.0, A, I would say maybe Mourinho at Man United wasn't that bad. And look, I'm not a Mourinho guy, but Mourinho also was really past his prime when he arrived at Man United. Like he had already had some struggles at some other jobs. There were already some questions. Is he past his prime? Conte is absolutely at the peak of his powers. I think right now he's as confident and as good a manager as he's ever been in his career. I think him ending the streak that he started at Juve with Inter, his mojo is is there and he's really at the peak of his power. So I think in a lot of ways you get the good things that come with Mourinho and not so much the bad because Conte does not lose locker rooms like Mourinho does. His players absolutely adore him. Even after they even after he leaves, people are like, Oh, we still love uh, this guy. Yeah, there have been some exceptions. I'm sure if we asked Diego Costa, he probably wouldn't have great things to say about Conte. But Overall, his players like him. They follow him. Uh, granted, maybe we don't know so much the third year what happens because sometimes Conte leaves before, but in the interim, he'd be fine. And again, Inter last season scored a boatload of goals. So, yeah, were they careful defensively? Were they maybe trying to get you on the counter? Pretty often, sure. But you're not going to have, like, Allegri now at Juve a lot of 1-0 games. And Allegri's like, that's what I want to do is win the game 1-0. Conte is very happy to put up three, four goals. And uh, I think you get – so I think the Mourinho thing, I can kind of somewhat see it, but I think you're getting all the positives that come with Jose and very little of the negatives. I love that. And yeah, absolutely. I think um, the passion is a big thing that I want to see on the touchline. You see Antonio Conte celebrating a goal as if it's the last goal he's ever going to celebrate. But uh, David, let's move on to, um, you know, a small fraction of the United fans do want to see Conte at Old Trafford. Um, you mentioned the Champions League. I think we've got to touch on that because that is yeah, we do. that is a big point. And so I, I love your little phrase and I actually use it with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You know, you know, you used to speak about uh, Conte. Conte was taking Juve from A to B but Allegri was going to take con, uh, take Juve from B to C. So I actually use that with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I say he was A to B. I don't think he can take us from B to C. That's winning trophies. So Antonio Conte's uh, record in Europe is not very strong. Let's be yeah. completely honest. And it's quite very surprising. Fair. I mean, what is, a, what is a reason for that? And should United fans have concerns about that? Because realistically, a club like Manchester United is up there with the, the Barcelona's, the Reals, uh, you know, the... Um, uh, by Munich, uh, the Juventus of the world, you know, they need to be at the top of, of the game. And right now we're, we're dropping into Europa League. And that is a concern for me if there is a concern about Antonio Conte. Yeah, no, I, I look, uh, like I said at the top, that's the one thing that if you wanted to hammer Conte on, I think it's fair. Now, let's look at his track record in the Champions League. Uh, his first year at Juve did pretty well. They weren't a lot of expectations. Gets to the quarterfinal, loses to Bayern. That's the Bayern that won the treble. That was one of the best. I, I don't think we've had that many teams that were better 
than that virus. I would say the first year was actually good. A lot of people forget that. The second one, it's the famous elimination in the group stage against Galatasaray. The pitch was a disaster. I mean, Juve was better than that. They should have done better. That was really kind of the beginning of Conte is not a good European manager. Look, at Chelsea, I think he should have done better with them in the Champions League. So I think that's fair. I think at Inter... He really wanted to win the Serie A title. He really wanted to end the streak. So I'm not saying they mailed in the Champions League, but it probably I mean, they probably weren't that upset that they were eliminated in the group stage so they could focus on Serie A. But I think there are also some encouraging signs that uh, would point to maybe this is a trend that can change. A, he brought Inter to the Europa League final. Granted, they lost, but he did bring them to the final. And then with Italy which really was probably the least talented Italy I can think of, even more than the one that didn't make to the World Cup. Like that Euro, if people wanted to really appreciate Conte's coaching, watch Italy-Spain from that Euro. And this is when Spain was still Spain. And he did really well in that tournament. He loses on penalty kicks to Germany, which they were the world champions. Uh, I mean, the penalty kicks were comical for Italy. I actually think they had a chance to even go the whole way. So maybe he's a good tournament coach in that sense. I, I think what's fair is that he does much better when he just has one game to prepare for the week and he can just focus on that. I think at that level, I don't know if there's anyone that I take over him. Uh, it gets a little bit trickier once you have, um, you know, once you have the Champions League and uh, Premier League at the same time. But I do think this is something he knows and that he's well aware. I think he's really circling his next job as saying, you know what, this is kind of where I have to make my mark. I've always described Conte a little bit like Floyd Mayweather. He always knows when the right time to do something. Mayweather knew what was the right time to fight Pacquiao, waited till he was a little bit older, always sets up things, right? And Conte always joins clubs when he knows there can be good expectations for him to do well. That uh, that saying going from A to B and B to C, which is how I described Conte and Allegri when both were linked to Chelsea a few years ago, I think is that. But I think now Conte has shown that he can be a B to C coach because Inter at Spalletti, what he did was essentially do that A to B work get Inter back to the Champions League, get them kind of on the verge, and then Conte just took them over the edge. So I think Man United is probably in a better position than Inter was when Conte took over. But knowing how he manages his career, and this is something to do that I've seen on some of the reports from my colleagues, is that he wants a team where he thinks he can, A, win the league title, which is always going to be most important, but also do well in the Champions League. So I think the Floyd Mayweather and him is uh, going to pick the right time for to make this leap. I like I like that comparison, actually. That's a fantastic comparison. David, let's talk about Ronaldo. We have to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. because he is... I mean, I do think that we've discussed it many times on the podcast, myself and Rob, who I do the podcast with, and we've said that, you know, almost Cristiano Ronaldo signing is almost the, uh, you know, the the reason why Solskjaer will lose his job, essentially, I think. I mean, not being able to find a way to get the most out of him, uh, and then it's affecting United system. How would Conte deal with a massive personality like Ronaldo? And would he get the most out of him? Because I'm looking at it now and Ronaldo is not doing what we wanted him to do without the ball, outside the box. And that's where Cavani actually is better than him. You know, sort of pressing off the ball, uh, leading yeah. line in right respect. But you get the ball to Cristiano Ronaldo in the box. He's going to score. It's, it's 
that's what he does. But could Conte get more out of him and deal with the, the personality and the ego uh, better than, say, you know, Solskjaer or managers before? Well, look, I think he definitely has more gravitas and would probably command more respect uh, from Ronaldo. But look, you know, I, having experienced Ronaldo for three years and said, yeah, and I got to be honest, I don't watch that much of other leagues. Obviously, I knew a ton about Ronaldo, but experiencing him firsthand, you know, it's very interesting that we're seeing a lot of the same parallels uh, at Man United that we saw at Juve, like really, really uh similar so look you know Conte is about the collective above the individual uh players kind of have to he always puts the group above all else so look I I'd be lying to you if I if I told you that oh this would be kumbaya and it would work out great uh you mentioned Cavani that's a player that Conte loves and has wanted to work for with for a while so I'd be curious to see how that goes but look you know Conte is likes to win and i'm sure he'd kind of figure out a way but there's no denying that it does hurt a little bit because ronaldo kind of wants the whole team to work for him not sure if that's really conte's thing and i also don't know if you can teach an old dog new tricks ronaldo at this stage of his career to kind of change a little bit how he goes so look you know um would it be a little bit better with conte i would say probably uh, but I'd be lying to you if I said that he magically would make him into a team player and he'd start defending and doing all the other things. I, it'd be interesting to see, that's for sure. W would he drop him, though, David? That's the question, because I think, you know, looking mm -hmm. at it right now, Manchester United's attack, there's some fantastic young players, David. Jen Sancho's brilliant. Marcus Rashford's brilliant. Mason Greenwood really is. That's the one I'm intrigued about, because that's the player I think that, if you're looking at the current crop, who could go to be, become one of the best strikers in the world. Obviously, he's playing on the wing at the moment while Ronaldo's here. Would he turn around? Would Conte have, the, I suppose, the gravitas to turn around and say, you know, well, look, Cristiano, you're on the bench because I want a more of a pacey. I want a quicker front three. Or I want a front three that's going to work a bit harder. Would he do that? And would he be able to handle sort of the backlash of doing that? That's uh, a good question. Look, um, I'm thinking, you know, his Italy team, he picked some players that weren't as big name. He dropped some bigger name players because he didn't think they could do it. Uh, and he went with like more scrubs, workmen like players. Would he do it? And Ronaldo, maybe. I mean, though, Ronaldo really is kind of his own industry. I would, <laughs> Mendes Conte feud would actually be pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, look, uh, th th that's a tough question. I'd be lying to you if I told you, yeah, he would definitely say, that's it, you're on the bench, you're not playing. I, I just think like Ronaldo supersedes some of these things. Uh, there's other interests beyond that. But it would be interesting to see. Look, I just don't think it would it would be any worse. And I would think it could be slightly better. Yeah, I do agree. And that's something I'm looking at with a lot of intrigue to see what happens. David, last sort of uh, question now. And um, we've seen that Zidane is probably looks like he's the most likely he's been tied for the hot seat. I always thought he'd end up at Juventus, to be honest. So I'm surprised that that really actually never happened. Um, we've seen Brendan Rodgers from the, you know, in the Premier League. So he's got Premier League experience um, over Zidane. Obviously, Conte has got it as well. But, you know, he's someone that's looked as a long-term fit. I mean, would either of these coaches be a better fit for the club? And I want to bring in the point you made earlier and uh, you said, you know, Conte really wants to manage United job. So what have you heard? You've got connections, you know, you, you speak to a lot of, a lot of journalists um, and you also have your own sources. What is the, what is the talk? Is it true that Conte is holding out for Manchester United? Oh yeah. Well, look, he, 
Newcastle, he's not interested at all. Um, and, you know, they could obviously spend a ton. I think he wants a club that is more prestigious. And I think he's really wanted to go back to the Premier League. He said that many times, that even when he was in Italy, he was kind of getting a little bit annoyed, saying, you know what, the Premier League is just better. His family's used to living in England. Uh, I, I really, I think if he could pick a job, it would clearly... Uh, be that um you know look i think zidane did great at real madrid but that was a club that he was very familiar with and used to we don't know how he's gonna do elsewhere i have a feeling zidane really wants the french national team job whenever that opens up i think that's really kind of the gig he's looking for uh, so then maybe you're in a position that if Zidane goes to Man United, then it's like only a matter of time until Deshaun leaves France uh, and off he goes. I like Rogers, a very good manager, don't get me wrong, but I just don't see how any of them are quite as good um, as Conte. So, yeah, but I, I think you'd be fine with either one. But I, I think it's safe to say Conte would really, really like the opportunity to coach Man United. I'm definitely leaning towards Antonio Conte over Zidane. But look, David, thank you so much for joining me. Fantastic insight. Where can all the listeners find you on Twitter? And where can they find your fantastic podcast? Because I'm a massive fan. I still, I mean, you did get me to Serie A. So I do really appreciate you coming on to talk to me today. So thank you so much for having me. So uh, every Friday we have an episode on iTunes, Spotify, all the platforms of uh, Cultureland. My co-host Alex Goldberg, Mr. Chelsea, some of you guys in the Premier League I'm sure are familiar with him. Alex has become a huge, much bigger star than I'll ever be since we started the pod. So we also try to gear it a little bit towards Premier League. I'm not going to lie. I love hearing what you said. Uh, nothing makes me happier than hearing people saying, hey, you know, I checked out your podcast for the transfer stuff. And then I started being intrigued by said, yeah, I checked it out. And now I love the league. To me, that's why we do the pod. And we're also on Patreon. I have a bunch of other content there. But every Friday, you can hear us. It's a fun podcast. And I think it's a great place for someone who is trying to get into said, yeah, we have Usually our guests are from Italy and English, but um, so it's a, it's a good time and you can follow me on Twitter. I don't tweet quite nearly as much as I used to, but you can hit me up there at David Amoyal. And again, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast being on your pod. Absolutely. And we'll definitely have to do this again, David. Look, guys, thanks so much for joining us today. Make sure you check out the Catch Land podcast. I really, really do love it. It's a fantastic podcast. Got me into Serie A. Make sure you follow us as well on Twitter. That's at TF masterclass and you can follow me as well hader rubani that's at hader underscore rubani have a lovely day and we will see you all next time this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network sports social podcast network okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.